What's up, H-Town? Welcome to the Believe in Astros podcast, your home for all things Astros, with your hosts, sports writer Jeff Balky and Astros broadcaster and former third baseman Jeff Blob. Now, here's Balky and Blubber. What is up, Astros fans? Welcome to episode 55 of the Believe in Astros podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network. I'm a somewhat chilly Jeff Balky, still completely blanketed in pollen, alongside my partner, <laughs> Jeff Blum, who's apparently just chilling, trying to get rested before the season starts. Um, can't argue with that uh, at all. Blummer, would you say that uh, the ability to chill before the seasons is basically that it's so good that it slaps <laughs> <laughs> yes there it is it's making I, an appearance it's, <laughs> that's right you might even say they're bussing that's right <laughs> <laughs> we've got a whole new vernacular oh, on this podcast man. there's gonna be some drops coming Oh, right at the it. right at the t- fingertips, ready to fire off. I know, man. I've always wanted to be that guy that had the cool drops, like on the radio shows, where oh, you can just throw in some like ridiculous thing. I my wife, I still I listen to Howard Stern some, and they have the best drops of all time. Oh, they probably got just oh. uh, data files for days it just on. Goes stuff. on and on. Like one of my favorites <laughs> is the Greta Thunberg one. She's like, "How dare you!" They pull that yep. one out all the time. <laughs> Um, Jim Rome, when he used to have the one where he would always drop the uh, Mel Gibson going, give me back my son. Like that, was, that was always a good. So I love it, man. I love the drops. Oh, they are the I'm best. I'm glad I can contribute something to this podcast. <laughs> there will be many more to come. You can find yes. us on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and of course on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe to keep up with us and give us a follow on Twitter at Believe in Astros. You can find me at Jeff Balky. And Blummer at Blummer27 pretty much everywhere on social media. Uh, thanks to everyone who's given us five stars and left reviews on Apple. Please keep doing that. Um, we love to see all your comments and questions. We read them all. For example, how sad are we that Yuli Guriel is now officially a mm. Marlin? Mm. Oh, it does hurt a little. It does sting. <sighs> well, it's got to sting for both sides, doesn't it? I mean, Yuli... Yeah. I would imagine if you dashed him deep down off record oh. and, you know, behind the scenes, he'd be like, man, I wish I was back in Houston, just like yeah. we feel. Things happen. This is a, this is a big boy sport. And, you know, and, and he only got a minor league deal too, which is kind of sucky for Yuli. Yeah. Um, that's kind of crazy to think about. I know. I hope he gets some but time planned. It just explains all the fickle analytic garbage that can be out there sometimes exactly 100 percent. all right a quick note quick little pat on the back we learned this week that we are one of 12 finalists in the best podcast awards baseball category from the sports podcast group really cool uh winners are voted by fans so we would greatly appreciate a vote if you can you can go to sportspodcastgroup.com and click on awards you can find the baseball category there you have to create an account and log in uh, but we'd love you forever if you did vote for us. It ends, Voting ends April 6th, so uh, please hustle. And honestly, it's a huge honor for us, given we've only been on the air like six months. or on the. I know. Oh, is this air or is this pixels? I don't know what they would consider this. Whatever yeah, it is. It's a good question. We're, and so we've only been here six months, so it's a huge honor. I mean, we're on there with like John Heyman and, and also some of our uh, fellow Believe podcasters, 
mm-hmm. uh, are up for awards on there as well. I think there's like 10 or 11 in different categories. So uh, pretty awesome. So I'm, I'll vote because, you know. I already I'm, voted. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I'll Dude, I, the second I got that email, I was, I was <laughs> exactly. you know, coming up with like 17 different faux accounts to be, be able <laughs> exactly. to vote. Exactly. It's like jeffbalky1 at gmail.com, jeffbalky2 yep. at gmail.com. Like, it's, it's, it's exactly right. All of my friends and family, like, listen, my, my yeah. cousin who has this amazing restaurant in Dallas, he was all like, vote for me for chef of the year. And I'm like, okay, I did. Uh-huh. Here's the payback. A little Bro. good to take. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly right. So, Blummer, how are you doing this morning? Uh, it's a little chilly out there today, but... Yeah, uh, I'm good. I'm annoyed. I'm, I don't want to be cold anymore. I'm, I'm ready to <laughs> kind of kind of have my coffee in the morning with just a hoodie on instead of a hoodie, sweater, and sweats. You're, you're but, not going to uh, be happy about the forecast this weekend, then. <laughs> I know. It looks terrible, man. We, we got the rain 50s? the next couple of days, and then 50 degrees. Yeah, I'm good. Ooh, yeah. I'm ready for baseball weather. Oh, it's coming though, along yep. with baseball for that matter. I mean, yes, we're please. The, the 15th, we're 15 days from opening day, like just the over two weeks. of March. I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> All right. We'll do a quick uh, read for our sponsor here, Bet-, Bet Online, who is real geared up for the final four, I'm going to tell you. BetOnline yeah. re- remains your number one source for all your college basketball betting this season. Go Cougs! Uh, get analysis house? Cougs house. Get analysis <laughs> of every play, prop, and point at Bet Online. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contest, team matchups, game trends, updated odds for everything from live games, the conference championships, right through the final four in the championship game. Selection Sunday, Cougars one seed. Uh, please God, let Marcus Sasser. This is going to sound strange, but please mm-hmm. God, let Marcus Sasser's groin be okay. Yes. Uh, it's very important that uh, Marcus Sasser's growing be healed uh, before the. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe not the first game. I think they can they can probably handle whoever. I don't know. Well, isn't that Eastern, yeah, Isn't that the Eastern, case? <laughs> kind of like the load management, you know, right, just kind of exactly. get him out there, get the lead, and then rest him. Yeah, right. I mean, they, whoever they're playing, you know, like East uh, Tennessee Middletown. University State College. Directional State University. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, So BetOnline is your college basketball headquarters this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use promo code BLEAV to receive your bonus. BetOnline.ag, excuse me, where the game starts. Um, So there's a tremendous amount to discuss uh, in the world of the Astros, but I just I want to throw out this this stat that was posted by Ryan Spader on Twitter this morning, and it just absolutely floored me when I read it. So this is career strikeouts: John Smoltz three thousand eighty four, Bob Gibson 31 Pedro Martinez thirty one fifty four, Max Scherzer thirty one ninety three, Justin Verlander thirty one ninety eight. Nolan Ryan in the first four innings of games, 32-25. I was Mm -hmm. like, are you kidding me? In the first four innings of games. The dude pitched for 48 years, didn't he? I mean, (laughs) (laughs) so that was a lot. I mean, he's got to have about two, 300 more starts than some of these guys. But no, everything that you start to peel back on Nolan Ryan, whether it be – you know, hits given up, walks given up, and then strikeouts and some of those miraculous, you know, ERA titles that he won without winning a Cy Young is beyond me. But 
the strikeout that that goes into the category of a, a number that will never be broken is that strikeout record. It's ridiculous yeah. how much better he was than everybody else at getting the swing and miss and yeah. to do it in the first four innings and wipe out careers yeah. of guys yeah. is saying something. When he was on the mound, guys were like, Oh, why, why God yeah. do I have to, do I have to face? I would this come guy? up with like Nolan Ryanitis in my like lower back or something, <laughs> or, you know, yeah, exactly. I've got a little, I've got a little planter Nolanitis. Yeah, exactly. At the bottom of my foot. I get you. All right. So quick mention here about story in the Chronicle that the Astros and Rockets mm. may be purchasing Fox Sports Southwest or AT&T Sports Southwest or whatever the hell the name of it is. Of course, it doesn't matter seeing, anymore. It doesn't matter now. <laughs> uh, it's, it's really fascinating to me. You know, I, so back in 2012, I actually wrote, uh, I, I covered, uh, I think me and um, and David Barron from the Chronicle were the only people covering the CSN situation mm-hmm. when CSN went under. Um, so this is sort of a return to what we had with CSN Houston, where the, you know, Astros and Rockets potentially taking over the network, um, handling everything. Look, I was a big fan of CSN Houston. I like the idea of the teams controlling the content. Uh, Blue, relax. Um, my dog is. My other dogs are downstairs barking like maniacs at something. I'm sure it's a yard guy or something or some cabinets, uh, landscaper. Yeah, yeah it's, a, I mean, it's someone. Someone who would dare to walk by the house. <laughs> Blue, come on, man. Um, so yeah, so I'm I'm really interested by in this kind of stuff because I do think that this is the kind of thing that. Frankly, I think when teams take over, things get tend to get better, not worse. And I, so I I hope they take it over. Obviously, it could be a lot worse. There are teams around the league who are just going to get mm. dropped. Um, and the Astros and Rockets have a carriage deal with all of the major network, all the major cable providers, all the way through twenty thirty two. It's pretty secure there. So what what do you, what do you know about all this, Blummer? Other than you're hired by the Astros, so you're all good. <laughs> Yeah, no, you know, this is, I mean, it's kind of a crazy time, but like you said, it could benefit some of these teams. And I think it really could benefit a team like the Astros and Rockets just because, and this is just, you know, your, your knowledge is a little bit deeper than mine as a, you know, I'm kind of, I'm still relatively new to the business, but I've been through in the last 10 years, I think I've been through about four or five different network changes with the, in the Houston area. So, you know, I remember, I remember CSN and the quality of talent we had during that time was off the charts because they were running a great, uh, you know, weekly sports show. Eschenfelder had his own talk show. I mean, there was a, there was a good amount of good content coming out of CSN. It would be great to be able to go back to that. I just don't know how how, how logistically how that happens or if the intent of the Rockets and Astros to is to provide something like that. Mm-hmm. But in the same token, you're right. It is, it's very good to be an Astro employee there. Th- th- that is not normal across the league to have your broadcasters be team employees that are then put on you know the network television. So it's kind of a unique setup in that sense. But I, the tweets that I've been reading and the articles I've been reading saying, if if the Astros and Rockets take over, that they will absorb the personnel that puts yeah. on these shows and puts on these broadcasts. So that gave me a little sense of stability and it gave me a sense of hope for those people because, you know, obviously we're at the forefront. We're the quote unquote talent mm-hmm. and uh, we're a little in a little more secure position because we're 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 noticed a little bit more. 
but uh, the people that are working behind the scenes to put these shows on are incredible. Yeah. And we've developed such a great rapport and created, I feel like we've created a great product that I want to keep us together. So that's kind of promising in the sense that producers, directors, uh, cameramen and women and uh, everybody that goes into putting the show on will still be available and maybe be absorbed yeah. and become Astro employees, which would be a fantastic thing for them too, because there are some fringe benefits if they're able to you know, get into the organization and be that non-uniform MLB mm-hmm. employee. But, uh, you know, just to take it another step, the, the diamond sports is kind of frightening what's oh, happening on, sure. with Bally's and some of these, because they're straight up just, I think it was yesterday, right? They declared uh, bankruptcy yeah. chapter 11, I think chapter 11. That's right. So they're gone. You know, yeah, now what do they out. do? And, and like some of the teams, like they're, they, there were some of them, they're just like outright dropping. Like Reds, yeah. Guardians, there's a number of teams in the Midwest. They're just That's insane. outright losing their deals. So a lot of them are going to have to either they, – they, they said that for those teams that don't have the ability to access some of these networks, that Major League Baseball is essentially going to have to take over their broadcasting, which Unreal. means they're going to be subject to whatever they just can do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, one of the interesting things for the is because the Astros negotiated – Astros and Rockets had negotiated these carriage deals – when they were with CSN, they have some cushion. They have like 10 years worth of cushion uh, with, you know, in the fact that they already had carriage deals in place. A lot does of these that, other teams didn't have that. Yeah, but to, just to ask you a question, does that encourage them to go out and purchase this network because they know that they're going to have they're going to be on air? I think that's a huge part of it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, look, teams all want to do streaming. Everybody wants to do streaming, but there's mm-hmm. no money in streaming. Um, the problem is, is that, you know, there's a really interesting sort of, and this, we, we could get way off track here, but there's a real interesting sort of um, parallel in a lot of these things to what has happened in, um, uh, in media at, uh, just in general. So mm-hmm. one of the, they use this comparison. They talk about, uh, there was a good article maybe seven or eight years ago talking about um, these media outlets who charge you to read their, their content. Right. Mm-hmm. So major newspapers, a lot of them do the chronicle. Based. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They put things behind the paywall. Right. And some of them have been very successful with it. Others, not so much. Um, but one of the things that they talked about was how it's very difficult sort of put the toothpaste back in the tube. And they use the comparison of text messaging. Everyone just assumes when you get a cell phone plan that your text messaging is free. Like that's just the deal. And the deal is, is that they gave it away at the beginning. Because essentially it is free, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they said once that was out, they couldn't really go back and say, okay, we're going to charge you $10 per month for text Good messaging, point. right? Because mm-hmm. they've already been giving it away for free. So one of the concerns with a lot of these uh, sports, you know, regional sports networks and things like that is with streaming is that, well, we've been giving streaming away one way or another. Like if you're on Xfinity and you get the Xfinity app, Right, which I have. Oh yeah, you can stream any Xfinity channel live from anywhere as long as you have like mm-hmm. a Fire Stick or you can use your phone or whatever else. So because that stuff is given away as part of their package, right? Then mm-hmm. what's the point in paying for a streaming package, right? So it's going to be very tricky to negotiate these things uh, for these teams and especially for Major League Baseball. And if you are a franchise that doesn't have a, a, a you know carriage agreement with some of these uh, you know cable networks or things like that, you're going to be in trouble. 
because now you're going to have to figure out, okay, what local stations can broadcast our games? I remember it's going to go the, back to when we were kids and you turned yes. on TBS or WGN. It's right. going to be the locals. Exactly. I remember but those deals was, aren't going to be nearly as good. Yeah, growing up, it was on Channel 20. I remember the Rockets used yep. to be on Channel 20, and for a while, the Astros were on 55, the tube. Mm-hmm. I remember them being on there. <laughs> I was like, it was weird, you know, and you had to flip around to find it. So if you because the Astros and the Rockets have these carriage agreements, it give, puts them in a much better position. I mean, never mind the fact that this is a big market, um, so it really helps that the teams have a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of leeway just simply because there's a lot of eyeballs. Um, yeah. And as someone put, said in one of the articles I read today, sports programming is still popular. Um, it still gets ratings. You know, people still tune in. Dude, um, that's the one thing that will survive all most of this because like you're yeah. saying, with all of these other streaming, binge watching, you can't binge watch a live event. That's correct. That is you know, exactly So live right. sports does have its own niche that it can kind of exploit, hopefully. Yeah, and streaming, you can't really get that stuff back. You can't really go back and stream. I mean, only mm-hmm. if you have a DVR or something like that. They still haven't figured all that out with cloud streaming and everything else. I just feel like for the for the Rockets and Astros, this is actually a good thing. They could turn this into a reboot of CSN, which again, like you said, was a good network. They had good people. Uh, obviously, Kevin Eschenfelder was on there. Uh, this was, I think, pre did this predate Julia? I know it was, but well, both of us came in uh, 2013, so we were there the last year of CSN. Yeah, because I remember some of the on broadcast people, like Layla Rahimi, who's now in Chicago, was very good on there, and she's very good in Chicago. Oh, they they um, had at least five or six people in in Houston that just spawned off and have have done very well yeah. outside of Houston since the implosion of CSN. Yeah. So anyway, hopefully it could turn out to be a good thing, at least here. Now, another other. I cities, love that you're nurturing hope. I am you nurturing know. hope. I'm always yeah. going to nurture hope. I will say it might not be good for the Rangers. Just saying, they're another one on that diamond network. They're yeah, they're, they're one of those on that on that cusp, but on that on that bubble that you're worried about blowing up. Yeah. Maybe they could, you know, they could. We they can uh, if people they can send their fans down to Houston. They can watch Rangers games when we're when we're whooping up on them all year long. Mm-hmm. You can watch them down here. They'll be fine. Yeah, you can come All down right. from South Oklahoma. <laughs> exactly. From uh, what do you call it? Uh, Minute Maid. What's the Minute Maid? Mimic, what do you call it? Mimic Maid Mimic Park. Maid Park. <laughs> Mimic Maid Park. It's tremendous. That is tremendous. Um, okay. Quick injury updates. Want to run through these. Uh, Lance McCullers has been throwing again, though not hard. Says he's feeling no pain any longer. The doctors say there are no serious issues with it, with his arm. So that's good news. He's obviously going to start the uh, year on the IR because he just, you know, he doesn't have enough time to, to get in shape for pitching. But seems like good. Pedro Leon got his first action of the yeah. season. Yeah, he was he was uh, one at bat, one walk. I'll take it. Hey, um, it's uh, OPS so, <laughs> exactly. And uh, Michael Brantley will probably start the season on the IR just simply because mm-hmm. he had to miss some time. He had some family problems, apparently. Uh, does that leave an opening for a certain Justin Dearden to make the mm-hmm. opening day roster? Mm-hmm. I think Dude, that's does. my first thought. I think it does, man. And that guy just keeps hitting away. His, op- his, his OPS <laughs> right now is 1,300. I mean, Dude what? rakes. I mean, he just keeps raking. It is ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. So, I mean, good news, bad news on the injury front. For the most part, it's pretty good news. I mean, it's early in the season. 
mm-hmm. nothing major right now, right? I mean, we don't we don't have any major concerns for anybody, especially now they say there's no real serious problem with Lance's arm. Yeah, that's probably the biggest thing. You're just worried about the arms because you know that's the thing that we talked about last year with that rotation using eight pitchers, health of the rotation, health of the bullpen. <laughs> right. Those are the biggest things, uh, you know. But with with Michael Brantley, I don't, you know, him being ready on opening day was going to be a shock to me, a, a, yeah. a, a very pleasant shock, just because I want him to be Michael Brantley when he shows up. So if yeah. he has to take a week or two to get things right, hey whatever it takes. Yeah. I do love the fact that it does open the door for a possibility of a Justin mm. Dearden sighting mm, mm, mm. for so many reasons, because I think he's earned it at yeah. this point. And I also feel like I, I just love the fact of showing up and having a guy break with a team for the first time ever that, you know, it's like a newborn, you know, they show up and the, the energy's there. It's infused. You want to sniff the top of their head and kind of suck the youth out of them. <laughs> and, you know, that's, that's how visual. I feel about these young guys. And that's, you know, that's how I feel about Justin Dearden. Obviously, I, I'm, you know, I, I've met the guy. I've talked to the guy. I really like him and I think he's played well. But, you know, we're also at that point in spring training, too, where you're just kind of, you keep looking at your watch going, dude, we're mm. still here. You know, you're kind of like, you're count, You're not it's counting dragging. the days, but you're counting the minutes because you're. this is that lull. These are the dog days of spring yeah. where you can kind of... uh you can you can kind of nurture an injury or try and treat it or make sure that you're right because you've gotten the at bats to get to this point. Now you're kind of just you know the calm before the storm. You just want to ride this out, stay healthy, or start to get healthy so you can finish the last week or two of spring and go right yeah. you know sprinting right into the uh, opening day. So I'm not too worried about this portion of spring training. And to your point, the injuries aren't that drastic. Yeah, I think the same thing with Jordan Alvarez. I mean he's. He's holding the bat again. He's taking yeah, swings. You know, mm-hmm. it's another guy. I think you just don't worry about it. You're just like let that guy rest. I mean, because we all know as soon as he gets in the lineup, you know what he's going to do. You know what's going to happen with him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, his game is going to be fine because you know what? You know why he slaps? That's right. Wait. He slaps <laughs> because he slaps. <laughs> so there will be no problems with him. I I wanted to <sighs> ask and see if there's anything you're seeing in the WBC. That stood out for you. I mean, Jose Urquidy is uh, pitching the quarterfinal today, getting mm-hmm. the start for Mexico. Um, anything you've seen that's been interesting to you? I've watched a, a few of the games here and there, or caught bit, bits and pieces. Uh, pretty fascinating. It is. It's fun to watch. You know, it's, it's it's always interesting to me to see you know teams like Nicaragua, who a lot of people don't know about. Like their ba- their their national sport is baseball. They, you know, I, I I've actually had the pleasure of going down there and. Uh, and, and going through that country and, you know, we'd be in the middle of nowhere in some, you know, off the beaten path kind of trail. And all of a sudden there'd be a wide open field and they'd be playing baseball in it. So I kind of appreciate stuff like that. And some of these stories that get told, um, great Britain is, you know, I didn't know they played baseball or how they found guys to get on there, but the fact that they just, you know, duct tape their jerseys together and go play cracks me up. See the T fell off of the guy's jersey of Great Britain. I'm like, man, yeah, (laughs) why does it have to be the T? I mean, is he, you know, I mean, it's just, it's ironic. It's it's just weird. I mean, these things are great. But the thing that's really stuck out to me, um, you know, it it almost looks like Team USA is bored. I wish they had better pitching. I don't know what happened there. Yeah. You know the offense and the defense are going to be great, but I just wish they had a little bit, a little bit more pitching to set up our guy Ryan Presley at the back end of the bullpen. Right. Um, but Team Venezuela, man, yeah, they were in the I pool mean, of death, and they, all of a sudden they are number one. They beat 
the pants off everybody in that division. Yeah, you got to hand it to them, man. They have really, they have just come out raking. Um, Dude, I mean, Ven- Venezuela, I'm, I might, I don't know if this is a bold prediction or bold statement, but I have always felt that Venezuelan hitters are better than everybody else. They are the most consistent uh, that I've seen coming out of the Latin American countries. And this season, I mean, this WBC, I guess, is kind of showing that that these guys can rake, like you're saying. Wow, Blummer, that is a bold prediction. That's fascinating. I mean, I know Dominican stacked, I know Puerto Rico stacked, but I have but the combination of the will to win, the excitement, and the talent is where Venezuela's taking this thing. I know, man. They've been they've been a lot of fun to watch. And hey, good on them and and you know, and a certain uh second baseman that we all yeah. have a that we all have a fondness for. He's um, pretty good. He's not bad. He's not bad. I've <laughs> I you know, I've seen worse. I'll just put it that way. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I played, let me just put you this way. I played second base at one point in my life and I was definitely substantially worse. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay to be substantially worse than a future hall of famer. Yeah, exactly. Fair enough. Fair (laughs) enough. Um, Okay. So I want to, I want to talk a little bit about Jose Abreu because I feel like Jose Abreu has been a little overlooked this 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 uh, spring training, and it's probably because well we just don't really you know it's just kind mm-hmm. of part of the deal right he's he's out there just kind of doing his thing he's a quiet veteran guy whatever, um, but he was legitimately the biggest acquisition of the offseason for the Astros, um, and and I think part of it was it happened so early like it happened right after the the World Series like first week when when everything opened and there hasn't been much and then of course there have been so many big deals since then you know um and so many like crazy monumental contracts since then like this guy to me it's hard it's weird that we're underrating a guy that's this good (laughs) but i feel like he's just kind of been brushed aside a little i don't say brushed aside that's not right but just i think everybody's just kind of like oh yeah jose Bray, right but mm-hmm. I think he deserves a little mention. This guy is a beast. Um, I, you know, just saw him the other day, like taking like easy swings for doubles and stuff. I mean, just easy, like nothing. Jogging around the bases, like hey, it's a double, whatever. Um, I've been, I've watched a couple of things from him specifically. Just watched his swing. I mean, he's ridiculous. I'm very excited to watch him play for the Astros this year. I, I really am too. You know, 2020 MVP, multiple All Star appearances. You know, Silver Sluggers, uh, RBI guy. You know, he, the, you know. I always try and look at numbers. You know, try and explain a guy. But he in, in his what has he played nine years? I think in the mm-hmm. in the big leagues, and his career batting average with runners in scoring position is 300. Right. And it's one thing just to hit 300 in the big leagues, but to really kind of ramp things up when it matters to drive in runs is yeah. kind of who Jose Abreu is. And I agree with you in the sense, the fact that he signed so early and it was a mutual, mm-hmm. it was a mutual want. The Astros knew that Yuli might've been a little bit older and regressed and they were looking for another avenue at first base, and they went, oh, there's another wonderful Cuban first baseman that can rake, <laughs> and he's three years younger. Let's give him a shot. And and I, I guarantee you, Jose Abreu probably was like, man, I hope the Astros are calling. And when they did, he picked up the phone immediately and probably told his agent, get this done. Right. And I think it was a mutually beneficial uh, contract because of the talent of the player and the position he's in. And he knows 
what he's coming into. This is a consistently great lineup with guys getting on base. And if I'm an RBI producer, I'm sitting there going, I'm now on a team that's a top five and on base percentage. This is only going to make me better. Plus, when I do have my hiccup, the Chicago media is not going to blow me up every single chance they get because I'm protected by Jordan Alvarez, Jeremy Pena, Jose Altuve, Michael. T- I'll keep going to you know extend yeah. this podcast a little bit longer, but <laughs> he he is in a very good environment. And then you add into the fact he works his tail off. He he wants to succeed. He's not done yet, and he's learning a new system over here. I think he's going to be nothing but great. But it is, I do think it gets overlooked because. He, he signed so early. It was so mm-hmm. easy. And then I think about, you know, maybe around that all-star break, you're going to have a lot of people going, the signing of the offseason was Jose Abreu. I think you're right, Blummer. And I, I'm really interested by it, too, because he's not only going to be – look, if you think – if you assume right now that uh, one, two, three is uh, – you know, it'll eventually be Brantley, but it's going to be Altuve, Brantley, Bregman, and then four, five, six – is going to be Jordan Abreu Tucker probably oh because they're going to split Could you it. Because imagine of, him sandwiched in there because yeah because they're going to probably split the lefties. I would think you know uh, Dusty no, loves Dusty loves doing that. You're right. He loves doing that. And then he's and then right behind him is going to be Jeremy Pena right behind <laughs> Tucker. Like, good lord! I mean that's a just <laughs> that's just crazy to think of because like you said. Not just like the home runs, not just the big RBI producers, but the on-base guys. I mean, guys, the the guys in the at the front of that lineup, including Bregman, are all guys that get on base. They're all guys mm-hmm. with with uh, good plate discipline. Um, they're not great. I mean, Altuve is a free swinger at the first pitch, and we all know that. But most of these guys are very disciplined when it comes to hitting the ball. Um, and Jordan Alvarez is too. Jordan Alvarez is a guy that doesn't have to hit home runs. He'll he'll stick, reach a stick out there and poke one into you know the opposite way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you're sandwiching him if you sandwich him in between Alvarez and Tucker, and Tucker, oh, who I gosh. I think we both believe is going to have like a a breakout year. Good, my, I mean, wow. Yeah. Yeah, because the shift is going to be eliminated. Jordan's going to be happier. I've already seen, for me, Kyle Tucker's swing adjust to more up the middle of the field without the Mm -hmm. shift. And I think that's, to your point, that's going to make him that much better. He's going to go from a, what, a 250, 260 guy that he was last year Mm -hmm. back into that 290 range, um, which is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, But, you know, the hardest thing, if if I had to guess, the hardest thing for Jose Abreu might be not forcing the issue because maybe right. he forced it a little bit with the Chicago White Sox because the expectation was so high and he was obviously the leader on in that lineup. Yeah. Now he's going to be in a position where he, he can <laughs> be a little more patient and maybe lay off pitches mm-hmm. and get on base a little bit more instead of trying to expand the zone a little bit to try drive runs in. That's what I think will be the hardest part is realizing this 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 lineup doesn't count on just him there's six other guys that can produce and yeah. uh, maybe that makes him a better hitter and allows him to get on base a little bit more often. He might be the fourth or fifth best hitter in the lineup. I mean, oh, which is, which dude. is crazy to think. Yeah. With, he, with he, all the hardware he's hauling into that clubhouse, it's kind of surprising. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, uh, uh, I was listening a little bit, I don't listen to sports radio that much anymore, but I was listening a little bit yesterday because we mentioned Kyle Tucker and uh, your boy Adam Clanton and uh, and Michael Connor were on talking yesterday uh, about the fact that if you're going to do 
a long nine or 10 year contract, if you're ever going to make that decision, Mm. Kyle Tucker at this point in his career might be the one to do it. And it it's, you know, and you know me, we've talked about it. I'm not a big fan of the long 10 year deals, but if you gave Tucker nine years, he'd be 34 when the, when the contract ran out. Um, Stop. Are you serious? Because he's 25. He's Man, 25 years I, old. That see that might be your selling point right there. That's the thing you start thinking about. It, it's like, God, maybe that is the right deal to make now. I mean, I mean, it is going to cause mm. some issues. I mean, you can almost guarantee that if you were to sign Kyle Tucker to a long term contract, you're probably basically writing the epitaph on Alex Bregman's tombstone as an Astro at some point. You're not going to be yeah. able to pay him both, um, but. You got to start thinking about some of these things because the Astros farm system is a little depleted. They don't have guys directly in the pipeline like they have in the past. And so you have to start wondering. I mean, that's a topic for a different day. But I, I do, if you look at it, it might not be the worst thing in the world. Oh, man. But there, uh, yeah. But, you know, we just talked about Justin Deard. And I'm just getting, I mean, you talk about getting into the weeds. I mean, you start going yeah. down there a little bit. You've got the Corey Jolks. You've got the, you know, Drew Gilbert, uh, uh, Pedro Leon, Jake Myers, Chaz McCormick. I'm just trying to rattle off guys just, that, you know. Yeah, I was just pulling this up. There's a couple other ones in there, too. That, because um, the, the reason I bring those up is because you start looking at organizational depth. Because if you sign Kyle Tucker to that eight, right. nine-year deal, and then you're saying, okay, that sacrifices a, a, maybe a, a, you know another player who can I who can I package in a trade to maybe go get somebody that can replace the other guy I can't sign? Jacob you know, Melton, that's another one. Jacob Melton is another guy. Yeah, yeah who's been? There, I mean, there's 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 there. It's amazing. There's still organizational like outfield depth, even though that nobody rates this farm system that highly. Right. Um. But yeah, you know, if you do something like that, you're going to start <laughs> to look at other guys and maybe say, "We got to make an adjustment here. How do we go uh, accommodate that and and bring somebody in?" But I'm glad I'm not the know. one making those decisions, man. Yeah, I, I, it's know. crazy to think about though. When you say he's, thir- he's he'll be 34 at the end of an eight or nine year deal, is pretty incredible. I know, it as is opposed ridiculous. to 41, 42 for a Manny Oof. Machado or Trey Turner or something. 42 for a couple of those guys, like wow, 42. Mm-hmm. That's a that's look. that's three years older than a Yuli Gurriel who just got a minor league deal. <laughs> Stop. That's crazy. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Oh my God. All right. One more thing I wanted to just mention here. We last week we talked about the backup catcher situation. Oh, geez, um, things are getting interesting, huh? I was just gonna say, man, <laughs> things are getting I mean, they heard us, Blummer. They must have listened and been like, uh They do. Balky and Blummer are a little hard on us. I think we need to uh, – the chip on their shoulder grew a little bit. Because mm-hmm. look at this. So last week, Yiner Diaz's slash line was 083, 083, 167, 259. He had two hits, including a double. Yeah, that's you. That's on you. You called him out. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> so now this week he's 261, 261, 478, 739 with five doubles. He's hit four doubles in a week. Oh, and, and and did you? Well, I can't wait to hear you talk about the cannon. Oh my god! He's thrown that three dude, out of five out in the last uh, couple of weeks too. That dude's arm is insane. Yeah, I was Senor I, like, I was really surprised. I mean, I knew I'd heard it, 
Mm-hmm. But wow. But now you're going to see it a little more regularly, too. And he's playing a little first. I know they threw Corey Lee in there at first, too, although I'm not sure Corey Lee is a long-term uh, first baseman. But but even Corey Lee's better. This from went from 200, 333, 600, 933 to 333, 429, 722, OPS because he has two home runs, a double, mm-hmm. and he's only struck out twice in oh, his damn. at-bats. Uh, you know, it's very his, Astro-ish. It's very Astro-ish. I mean, you look at uh, Yiner's uh, no walks in five Ks, so not nearly as good. But three of those Ks came before when he was, you know, when mm-hmm. he was uh, under my microscope. I I think Yiner Diaz still has the inside track to get this, mainly because he he just is a guy that has more power and he's got that arm. Um, it, but it's really I think an interesting it's the battle. defensive aspect because Corey, you know. Corey's Corey's a good receiver. Yes. Obviously went to a cerebral university. Let's be honest. Some real brainiacs come out of that university of California. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, I wondered if you were going to go there. (laughs) So, so, you know, but he does, he has an MIT. Yeah. Well, uh, it's it's, for California. It sure is compared to some of those schools, but fair enough. (laughs) It's all in context. Uh, but you know he hasn't shown that defensive prowess, and I think that if you are going to, you know, as it stands right now, even as good as Corey Lee is offensively, I think you kind of give the edge to the defensive side as far as throwing runners out yeah. in this new modern day baseball game that we're watching. Yeah, I think you're right, and also let's be honest, he can play first base, right? Uh, Yiner mm-hmm. Diaz has the the ability. They're bo- um, sorry to cut you off, no. but they're both really good athletes. I know yeah. Corey Lee can actually play third base. He's learning first base, but both of these guys are mm-hmm. very good athletes. Yeah, and that's important when you're looking. Mm-hmm. Honestly, with catching prospects, most of these guys, if they're really good, they're not going to stay at catcher forever. You're going to want to find some other positions for them because they're going to get you know burned out at that catcher position. The, um, the Biggio <laughs> issue. Yeah. Right, exactly. And I think that's, that's going to happen, but... I, I let's let's just say Corey Lee's definitely going to make his mark on on the the major league ball club at some point during the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully not because of injury or anything like that. But look, they've obviously turned the, their springs around a little bit. I'm going to be really interested to see how they do the rest of the spring. Also, just another little note: Renell Blanco is starting a game. I saw that up. too. Renell Blanco is he's now stretched out to like. Four innings, I think they said. Hey, man. I don't know, dude. Um, Keep an eye on Renault Blanco. Forrest Whitley, I believe, got sent out. Correct? Yes, he did. He they wanted him okay. to have more. They wanted him to have more have chances to pitch. So I get that. But the interesting <clears throat> thing was when we first did our three broadcast on AT and T, we had Dana Brown in the booth. Renell Blanco came out and absolutely destroyed his inning, just wiped out three guys in a row, throwing about eight or nine pitches. And Dana Brown sat there and goes, Why isn't that guy needs to come out again? And now all of a sudden, we're seeing Renell Blanco come out again, again, and again. And it kind of makes you wonder if they're looking for starting depth, maybe they don't have to go externally. Maybe (laughs) Renell Blanco can help fill that void and be some starting pitching depth. Right. I think it's fascinating that he's getting that start. Well, especially given the fact that uh, they're probably going to, especially early in the season, they're probably going to throw a bullpen game or two just to mm-hmm. kind of <clears throat> just to kind of give some 
some rest to some of these guys as they're as they're getting stretched out and getting into the meat of the season? Well, I think you know, we, there's five. You can you can say there's five legit starters, but if you have a guy like Renell Blanco who can open a game and go four or five innings right. and turn that bullpen game into a little more abbreviated bullpen game and <laughs> right. give those guys six starts, because we've seen that in the past with the Astros trying to protect some of these arms, and you got to remember. Yeah. These guys got done pitching in November last year. So if you're going to protect those arms and maybe not yes. suppress innings, but try and push the innings to the back half of the season, yes. maybe you do come out when you don't when you don't have months without a lot of days off that you can go a six man. Blummer, this is why they pay you the big bucks. You're right. <laughs> That's exactly. I'm trying. I I I agree a hundred percent with that. I think if if the Astros are smart, and I think they are quite smart, They've proven it. Um, I think they're gonna you're gonna see some of that. You're gonna see some of that giving guys a little like you know not quite pushing guys as hard as they could. Uh, next week when we do our next podcast, I really want to dig into the bullpen discussion because mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's an absolutely fascinating thing because look for whatever you want to say about the Astros minor leagues and anything else, they have a they have a they're going to have question marks at who they're going to bring in to the bullpen this year. I mean, if they keep only eight guys, they already have six. Well, it's one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, they already have six guys that are absolutely guaranteed spots. They're, they, you know, they're just <laughs> yeah, they're just like guaranteed. ten guys for two spots now, yeah. right? And so, and the, you know that Dusty's going to want a lefty, and so Matt Gage is gonna, yes. probably going to be that lefty guy. So it leaves one spot for guys like Seth Martinez, Brandon Belak, Anoli Perez, Ronel Blanco. I mean, with a huge amount of like talent. Mm-hmm. That is going to get left off of this roster and is going to wind up in the minor leagues. Um, so we need to dig into that next week because that's I, I'm really interested in how that's going to shake out. Yeah, and, and again, it just goes to depth. Even though they are not highly rated by, on everybody's list as far as farm systems, they still have enough <laughs> to go out there and, and compete. It's so weird to think about mm-hmm. that. You know, we've talked about it a lot, but and I know it feels like we should be worried. Like it feels like. Those are the kind of things we should be like. Well, aren't you, they, don't you feel like sometimes you look to be worried, but you're kind of like, oh, that guy, oh, that guy. You know, that's yeah. how I, I'm starting to feel that way. And it's, I want to be concerned, but I'm like, eh, it will be all right if that guy can mix in. And they're not, right. and these prospects aren't the sexiest guys in right. the, on the prospect list, but they're, they're very good competitors. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the Astros realize. Yeah, and I, I'm, a lot of it's going to depend on how they, how they pan out, you know, what they do, but- mm-hmm. My goodness, like there's some uh, legitimate talent. Um, and I think, and it's not just in our bubble either. You know, I mean, you there's no denying that Justin Dearden can hit the damn baseball, right? Yeah. He's done it at every single level. It's not like this is a fluke. You know, he's been doing this since he got into the minors. So you can't just turn around and say, well, you know, it's just because he was overlooked, you know, that's, well, that's on everybody was- else. <laughs> It is on everybody else, and it was also the year he was drafted in twenty twenty when he only had right. five rounds. So I mean, there was a lot, right. you know, that was that was some chaos going on right Ugh. there. But it, it turned out to be a good choice by him to choose to sign with the Astros, you know. And it, at the same time, you know, Justin Dearden, this the Astros are in a different situation because the expectation on their prospects is completely different. They're not coming in to to save third base for the New York Mets like uh, a Beatty is. They're not coming yeah. in to solidify a rotation. They're coming in to 
kind of begin their their baseball lives as complementary pieces or role right. players and eventually turn into that superstar, hopefully. So I think that's where these guys are protected a little bit and they can be inserted into these lineups without the expectation of having to produce immediately or have to hit 300 or have to drive in 75. Yeah. They can come in, you know, get their feet wet, figure out who they are and contribute every now and then, and they'll be fine. That's exactly what happened with Jeremy Payne before he found himself and became a right. juggernaut. And you, and not only that, but uh, they can get asked to be play in important spots. Look at what mm-hmm. happened to David Hensley. Right. Oh man. Great call. He just gets thrown into the mix. And the thing is, I I think what's cool about it in these kinds of circumstances, because there is so much talent, there is less pressure on these guys to be perfect. They don't Mm -hmm. have to look Hunter Brown came in end of last year and just like, okay, call him up. Let's see what happens. And he was fine. You know, there was, because what happens if like last year, if Hunter Brown comes out and just kind of falls in his face, the Astros still have incredible, you know, pitching depth. So there's no real yep. worry. I mean, they sat Luis Garcia and Jose Urquidy for the entire postseason, essentially. Those guys are three fours <laughs> for a lot of other organizations, yes. if not higher. Yes, one hundred percent. So, yeah, I, that's the thing. I think there is a there is a, a a misunderstanding. I think maybe of what's happening with the Astros depth wise. I think there's a there their depth is much better than I think people are giving them credit for. And, you know, they're bringing guys up and, and they're showing out and good for them and good for us because, you know, because what we, what we've obviously learned is that they're bussing. That's basically, (laughs) (laughs) that's what we, timing has been amazing on those. (laughs) I can't help it, man. I'm going to, I'm putting together a library. It's going to happen. It's going to be the, it's going to be the, the, the Blummer drops. It's going to be all, (laughs) I can't wait. Um, Blummer, any final thoughts? Are you, I know you were at the rodeo this weekend. Are you going again? Yeah, apparently. Yeah. All of a sudden I'm, I'm good friends with Cody Jinx. And what's kind of funny (laughs) is, uh, we got backstage. Of course you so I got, are. Yeah, of I got to meet. Co- I get to meet Cody Jenks, and I'm standing there, and all of a sudden, this behemoth of a human taps me on the shoulder and goes, "Hey, Blummer!" I turn around; it's Roger Clemens. So I actually got to hang out with Roger Clemens also at that wow. Cody Jenks concert, which was just a little bit of a side note. But um, I don't <clears> call a game. I think until the 25th and the 27th, but March Madness is coming up. Oh. I'm excited about the Cougs chances. Weekend. Um, I mean, there, there's a lot going on. For this being a lull in spring training, it is the perfect time to be filling out brackets and talking a oh. little smack as far as colleges are concerned. So <clears throat> that's kind of where my mind's at, to be honest. The WBC is cool, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of like in this, yeah, I'm ready to move on kind of thing. I want to, I'm, I I'm so ready for baseball. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I know. Me too. And, and I'm with you on the brackets. Like it's, it's such a, the thing that's great about March Madness too, is how condensed it is. It's like packed down into this, just, just, like, just a few weeks of just like crazy intensity. And of course this weekend is the first weekend and it's always just, it's the chaos. best. It's just yeah. pure chaos. Like it's one of those things where you can just have three televisions on at once if mm-hmm. you if you wanted to, and just like all day long, nothing. But uh, I'm actually glad this is spring break uh, because a lot of the uh, a lot of my my clients are very quiet this week. They're all on vacation, so Good for you, nobody's gonna miss me on Thursday and Friday when I'm planted in front of my TV watching. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's who's like a weird one. Like oh, I saw that. Uh, uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, Corpus Christi. got yeah. in. 
Uh, and then you got they, they're uh, going to be introduced to Alabama real quick. I know, right? <laughs> and then you got TSU playing today. Um, oh, yeah. So another another local uh, favorite. So they get all the Texas teams in there. Get all of them in there. I'll take them all, and then I'll watch them all fall to the University of Houston Cougars. Believe it. Yeah, oh. that was funny. I, I mean, just total you know Texas pump session right here. Uh, I had a buddy kind of. He goes, "So how many universities are in?" T-? I'm like, "Dude, I go. How much time do you have?" <laughs> exactly. You know, I start rattling off all these schools, and he's like, "Oh." Yeah, there are quite a few. (laughs) I will tell you this. The one thing that college basketball teaches you is that there are some schools out there you've never heard of before. I mean, there are so many like that's the great thing about college basketball is when they there are some small teams that get into these the round of 64 and you're like, who the hell is that? You know, who who Mm -hmm. ever heard of that team? You're like, where do they are they even located? Right. That's another directional state, man. They'll shock you. They really will, and it's I, and I love it. I love like St. Mary's. Mm-hmm. Remember St. Mary's a few years ago, and everybody was the nuns were pumped up, and I was you know <laughs> <laughs> I gotta you gotta yep. love it, man. Final four is coming. All right, we will be back next week with a fresh pod brought to you by Bet Online. Again, a huge thanks to all our listeners and viewers. Uh, you guys have been great, liking and subscribing. Get over to bestbaseballpodcast.com and drop a vote in for us. Um, we're super thankful for that. Obviously, keep, keep giving us the five stars and reviews on Apple. We, we appreciate that as well. You guys have a great week and a great weekend. Go Cougs, and we will see you next week. Go Astros. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.